Welcome to another edition of Tech Post, where we talk all about what's happening in the world of technology. I'm Shawnee Ryan, and Tech Post is brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. And Tech Post is sponsored by the Irish Domain Registry, who handle all the .ie domain names across Ireland. Go to www.wear.ie for more information. And as always, I'm joined by Dave the Don O'Neill. Dave, welcome to another month of the Tech Post. Dragged in more like, come on. Dragged Good in. Friday. <laughs> this, is, this is unholy. I know, it's terrible. Uh, we're <laughs> Once again, we're a bit late in recording this. Um, I think real life got in the way with a few things, so we're a small bit late getting to the, to the party with... Uh, this uh, edition. So apologies to our one or two listeners. <laughs> but, uh, we'll uh, we'll make it up with a good hour of tech. Right, Dave, let's get straight into it. And I think it's um, it's springtime and everybody's doing spring cleaning and everything. So I think it's time for us to do one of our regular slots of uh, giving a small bit of advice to people about scams and what's going on around the scam world and how you can uh, do the simple things to protect yourself. So, Dave, I'm just going to start off here with um, an email I got in from AIB recently, actually. Uh, so a lot of AIB customers will have gotten this in anyway. And uh, mm. it's it's actually quite good because they, they give very, very basic advice uh, that, that really need, needs to be heeded. Um, so the, some of the first thing, like the, the main topic they have in it really is hang up, don't answer, delete, don't click. All right. So it's all about scammers are constantly trying to steal your money. They're trying to do something and all the different ones that are going around at the moment. So they will pretend to be your bank. They'll pretend to be the police. They'll pretend to be Amazon or a shipping company. And it'll always have an urgent message that you need to act on straight away. So Mm -hmm. The, the big thing is when people call you and the very second they start asking for details uh, like your bank details or credit card details. Uh, I heard one there recently, Dave, where they'll actually send a taxi around to your house to collect your card off you, uh, your like your debit card or credit card. So You're they'll tell you, me. Yeah, they'll tell you they're the bank. And they'll tell you that your uh, your card has been used for sp- suspicious activity and yeah. that they're sending a taxi to the house to collect the card off you. So put it in an envelope and give it to them. So the poor taxi driver is um, like totally unaware of what he's doing. He's just been told to go to a house to pick up an envelope and bring it someplace else. And uh, once they have that, usually while they're on the phone, they'll obviously tell you other details to get you to verify your PIN number. So you might hand that over by accident. And then once they get the card, even if they don't have your PIN, they'll probably get a couple of attempts to do the tap and pay. But um, yeah, it's it's a constant one that's going on and you have to be vigilant. And the big thing is once they start looking for details, hang up any kind of information at all. If they ring you, hang up. <clears throat> and if you do need to ring back to verify it, uh, let's say if it was your bank and they were trying to get a hold of you for, for any reason, if you're going to ring them back, make sure you go to the website. Don't click on any links in emails. 
don't uh, go to websites that people have given you to go to um, by text message or calling it out. You go and look up the actual website phone itself yeah. and and find the phone number. Now, or if it's a call, don't let don't like, get them to give you the number because they're going to give correct. you a fake one, of course. Correct. Right? Yeah. Now, one of the things that actually um, one of the pieces of advice in this email was um, criminals are calling you from a number that looks like ours, looks like the same as an AIB number. Um, mm. And it says, hang up. Like, how do you know if it looks the same as the number? Like, most people don't know what the number is. And a lot of call centers these days will ring you off, um, like, uh, withholding caller ID. So how do you know? So, but either way, whether it is legit or not, if you don't feel comfortable, hang up and call them back on the actual number that you get from the website or from any piece of communication you might have gotten in your bank statement or something like that. Uh, so that is uh, that's one of the some of the main things. And the same same goes for anything that you get in by email or by text message as well. Don't click yeah. in the links. Um, I did have the unfortunate thing of, of dealing with someone recently who asked me about an email and said, um, this email came in, but I can't open the attachment. So I went to their computer, I looked at it and I said, yeah, that doesn't look right. And they said, but it came from their email address. And I said, OK, well, one, that doesn't mean it actually came from them because People can fake the sending address anyway. And two, they might have gotten compromised themselves. So it could be their email account might have been sending out spam. So I said to them, the first thing you do is hover your mouse over the link in the email to see where that link takes you to. And the first thing they did was they clicked the link immediately after I telling them to hover it, which <laughs> straight away opened up a web browser window to a really obscure website. And I was standing there saying, close the window, close the window, close the window. And the person sat there trying to read what was on screen before they closed it to see was it a scam or not. And I'm like, don't let the window open. If you accidentally click it, close the window immediately because the longer you stay open, the higher chance of getting infected by something. If you accidentally click a link, close the window immediately. Um, but I'm standing there sit, giving this person advice and being ignored. So I would just implore people, <laughs> don't ignore the advice. If you get something in, don't click on it. You can hover your, your mouse over the link in the email and see where it's going to take you. And by looking at that URL, you'll know if it's going to a website um, like a bank website or to some really obscure URL and uh, make your decision then. But do not click on it. And if you do, close the window. <laughs> I think the key thing to remember here is when it comes to banks, etc., right? Uh, but mm -hmm. banks mainly, they won't send you anything, let's say, secure or um, anything you like absolutely must act on by email. They won't do it anymore. Yes. Yeah. They've, they've completely changed how they're communicating with people. And yeah. I think a lot of companies need to do that as well. So, yeah, um, for sure. Like sending out, okay. If you request a password reset, that's fine. 
you're going to have an action in the password reset email something like that but hopefully we'll be getting more and more away from passwords anyway in the future that we're going down for um like pass brain keys biometrics and pass keys Dave. yeah brain exactly. scans there you go a brain scan <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people um, out there dave and the brain scan might come up with zero data yeah well we won't go into that that's a bit controversial <laughs> none of our listeners of course none of of course not if they're listening to this podcast it immediately endows them with a high iq that's it very very true um but seriously though like any kind of call to action in an email Mm-hmm. Just be very careful of it. Yeah. And and the attachments as well, even though you might think they might be okay, yes. just be very careful. And I'll tell you a little thing, right? Um, a prominent YouTuber, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who employs 100 people, he's a tech YouTuber called Linus Tech Tips. Uh, one of his employees opened up an email with an attachment that looked fairly legitimate from, uh, you know, companies they do business with for their advertising and stuff like that. That's how they make money. Mm-hmm. Open up, a, I think it was a, a PDF or something like that, maybe. Mm. And what that did effectively was steal the whole browser data from that computer, including all the active logins they had. So if they were logged into oh. Facebook, it stole that. If they were logged into YouTube, it stole that. Now how did how did and, it steal the logins? Yeah, so it basically copied. Like, remember, at the end of the day, your browser has a bunch of storage in it, right? And it stores yeah. every login that you have, cookies. Or the okay, main yeah, the cookies, yeah. So it, it took a copy of all the cookies, which include all the active logins that you have. Uh-huh. It took so a copy it, of it. So it, yeah. it, it's not taking the username and password, it's taking the session ID of your current login. That's it. That's exactly it. No, the user and password was never compromised. But yeah. subsequently, what happened to the YouTube channel was yeah. someone started streaming live bonkers stuff on it, you know, because cool. they had, because they could get into it. They didn't need the username or password. There was an active session because they basically mirrored that person's browser. Yeah. And it was all already logged in. So they yeah. were able to do the exact same thing. Is, so you got to be careful. You yeah. Do. Is that, okay. Um, apart from being careful because that can happen that they can take your, take over your session. Is mm-hmm. that not like say for instance okay in this case it was youtube but for any for any company should the session id which would usually be an encrypted string or something like that should that not include the ip address of the the, the browser that's logged in so that if somebody else takes it over it doesn't match yeah well here's the thing shawnee right and i'll mm. tell you this it probably should yeah but you'll notice that if you have if you're logging into a site like facebook Google mm-hmm. or anything like that, your IP address could change every day and your session will still be active. Uh, they're yes. not using it. Yes. No, like otherwise, if you were on, let's say, an ISP to change your IP every day, and there are still a few of them out there, Vodafone for one thing, yeah. um, then you you basically would have to re-log in every time. Yeah. So to, and theoretically, your IP could change like within minutes of logging in anyway. It could. So, it could. Yeah, yeah, so I suppose, yeah, that's not... Well, then there must be some sort of... Um, machine identifier as to the machine that's logged in like excuse me like Mm. the the mac address of the machine as well you got to remember everything like that could be spoofed you know that's the only thing is true dave yes Mm. that is true if you if you know your stuff you could do it yeah yeah and the people if they're crafty enough to be able to steal your cookies they will be able to spoof what you are yeah 
Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's it's a sad thing to have to recommend, like, or to have to warn people about, because you know, we, you know, with everything going on in the world, we don't need to be worrying about this mm-hmm. kind of stuff too, right? But it's unfortunate. That's the way it is. So if this person, um, this YouTuber who got the somebody got their account, what was mm-hmm. the the way the resolution of that? Is it to reset all logins? Okay. So basically, yeah, you you would need to. Um, basically log out of every session. There must be a way to do that within the Google panel or whatever have you. You can kick everybody out and reset yeah. everyone's login. Possibly. I know you can You can with Facebook and I know yes, you can with Twitter. Yeah, and I've seen yeah. it on Netflix and things like that as well as like log all active yeah. accounts out. And sometimes change the action of changing the password as well can actually invalidate all previous sessions. Which it should not do. Always. Anyway. Yeah, it not should always. Do. Not every site would do that, but yeah. it can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a sad thing because you know he he's a big enough YouTuber that he was basically able to get onto his Google rep straight away, and all the damage that was done, it was all reversed. But yeah. the average person wouldn't have yeah. you know someone to contact Correct. and to be able to do that. You know what mm. I mean? So so it, it is important to be well. Then the average person might not be as big a target either. So I suppose it works both ways. But you know, again, yeah. it's it is the way of the world now. Yeah. Um, okay. So while we're on that that vein as well of like stealing passwords and everything. I have another story as well about. Oh yeah. Um, a, okay. So this, this is, this is something that you can, uh, I've, I've actually done it. I've tried it and verified that this is correct. Uh, so a lot of people set up, um, say like if you give your phone to one of your children mm-hmm. and they'll set it up as a, a member of the family account. Yeah. So that they have control over it as well, and they can restrict things like purchases, and like the, there's so much time now. This this is I'm talking about iPhones here at the moment. So right. this was set up as a, a a child account underneath the parents account, and they can restrict purchases. They can restrict uh, screen time, uh, different websites that can be gone to, but in this case, it wasn't properly restricted. So screen time, which by its name is kind of thinking that it's just how much you can, time you can spend on the screen, uh, but it's actually more into parental controls and screen time itself had not been enabled, but the kid didn't know the password to their iCloud account. So with Apple devices, if you have an authenticated device or an authorized device, it allows you to change the password to your Apple ID using the code that's sent to the device that's allowed to approve changes. And that's what happened here. So a kid was playing a popular game that had in-game currency and wanted to buy more stuff in the game and was asked to make a purchase which needed a password. So the kid just went to I've forgotten my password and it said (laughs) into your pin code of your phone to do uh, complete this, which they did because the kid knows the pin code for its own phone. It allows it to reset the password to something that the kid now knew and then go back, make the purchase, put in that new password and was able to rack up $800 in 11 purchases within a few minutes before the parent found out so the oh my yeah right now we've heard these kind of stories before of kids like downloading stuff and everything so the whole um advice on this really is 
put screen time protection on the account, which means that that means that the, the password can't be changed by just using that simple forgot password method. Right. Now for, for the for the child account, I take it, yeah. not for the main account. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is something that has been out there like th this was one story, but it also highlights something that has become a lot more prevalent. And I've seen those these videos, I don't know if you have, whereby somebody could be sitting in a bar or say a like a sports stadium watching a soccer match. And because the zoom on on cameras has gotten so good, somebody sitting a few rows back from them could zoom in on the screen of the person a few rows in front of them and read exactly what was on the screen. So there have been like, if you go look it up, there have been people who have zoomed in on somebody sending text messages to a friend and, they, and you right. could read it. Right. But they were also doing is they're sitting there recording you typing in your pin number. Oh. Right. And this is happening in, like, as you say, in bars, in different public areas, uh, maybe on the bus, somebody over your shoulder or something like that. And then they can steal your device and they have your pin number straight away. And once they get into the thing, they can then reset your Apple ID password because you've an authenticated device, put in the pin number, they get to change your Apple ID password, then they can turn off, um, find my device, that kind of thing and get lock you out of um, getting the device locked. So Jesus. that is one big thing you've got to start um, start got to start that being aware of now is that somebody someplace could be looking over your shoulder and recording you. So I know we're getting into like almost scary territory of yeah. what you do at this stage, but it's it's a thing out there. It's a thing to be aware of. Um, make sure you have longer passwords like uh, alphanumeric passwords so it's not just a four digit move away from the four digit passwords anyway uh, so that's that's our segment again this month Dave yeah. on on all the uh, all the things hate to be scary well, yeah, people but I know I suppose when, when you're typing in your phone pin and stuff like getting into the habit of maybe moving your phone down, like towards your waist or, or yeah. if you're sitting down, um, like treat it as if you're typing a pin in a public place in an ATM or uh, yeah. a card machine in, in a store, kind of cover it up, make sure that uh, only your eye line can see it. Yeah, we've all gotten used to doing that at ATMs now. Yeah, because it was such a, a rampant thing of like the, the cameras being at the ATM, getting your your card or some sort of mm -hmm. thing added onto it, a fake piece added onto the ATM to rob your card. So yeah. we've all gotten used to that. There are things just cover the, the the keypads at ATMs now as well, little uh, plastic flaps to cover those. Yes, that's right. So we've got to bring that into our own lives as well with your phone be careful your passcode or you know some of them they're not a passcode it's kind of like a trace your finger across the dots in a, in a pattern the amount of time i've seen people mm -hmm. do that in front of me at bars and it's like it's usually just a square or an s shape or something like that and it's so like it's so easy to oh, there's siri talking to me on my phone now she's <laughs> <laughs> shut up <laughs> Oh, God, just started talking away there, uh, whatever I said anyway. Uh, but yes, definitely cover up your your, your pin pad 
uh, not your pin pad, your screen, your screen as yeah. you're typing in your pin. Uh, anyway, Dave, I hate scaring people with all that kind of stuff. And but we have to let people know this is what's happening in the real life. And just be careful. Dave, what happened to your phone? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to bring this up, actually. It was in my head to do it. So a big warning. I hate mm-hmm. to be all doom and gloom again to anyone who owns a Google Pixel 7. And that's either the Pixel 7 regular or the Pixel 7 Pro. Right. There is a bit of a glitch whereby the camera glass may shatter and crack. Okay. I remember reading about this a couple of months ago, and there was two the, the, things. This that, was no, this is going back to December when they first found it. It was happening uh, like it was discovered um, sometime late last year. Yeah, that and, some users were reporting this happening, and and also that things like the volume buttons were just falling off. Okay, yeah. yeah. Now, but it happened to you. Well, not the volume buttons. No, mine are okay. Right. Or, um, but yeah, I had to get a replacement um, Pixel Seven because. Um, you know, knowing full well, I bought the phone knowing full well, well about this flaw, but I'm always of the case of, ah, it will never happen to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so every so often I would check it, you know? And then one day I just put my hand in my pocket, gave a feel on the, the whole camera back. And sure enough, there she was, cracked. I hadn't dropped the phone. You hadn't, you, know? you don't think you had done anything like to like hammer it off something or bump into no? something or... I think Nothing it like that just at all. seemed it's, to crack. Yeah, the phone is nearly always in my pocket or on a desk. And um, I had a, a nice case, strong mm-hmm. case, um, covering yeah. it. Uh, so, the, so even when I rested on a desk, the, the glass was never actually touching off the surface of the desk in any way, shape or form. Right. Um, so yeah, it happened out of the blue. Um, and the, the thing is, Google is aware of this and they will replace your device. So you do need to get in contact with them straight away if this happens to you. And you can do that from within your phone settings. Um, if you go okay. to settings, blah, 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 there's a way to initiate a web chat with Google and get the process going. It's the only way you can uh, repair it, unfortunately, is to just get another, um, get a replacement. But do watch out for it. Now, they are saying that it can happen if you go from extreme temperatures to like warm to cold or cold to warm or whatever, usually probably warm to cold. And maybe like I know so, the winter here wasn't that harsh, but yeah. maybe that's what caused it. I don't know. Yeah, like extreme temperatures, you'd want to be. Well, then again, we yeah, are in yeah, Ireland. Yeah. Like, the, the temperature can change 15 degrees in one day. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, but uh, it seems yeah. that there is a bit of a weakness on it, and I, I don't yeah. know if it's if it's a, a localized um, manufacturing defect that only affects mm-hmm. certain batches, or if it's across the board. Right. Nobody knows yet. Okay, and you got sent a new one, a new I device. So, yeah, what was your process of getting your information from one to the other? How easy is that? Okay, now unfortunately, I bought my phone on Amazon. Right, okay. so that meant that I had to send back my old device before receiving the new device. Okay. So, basically, um, the, the the whole thing was if I if the Amazon receipt contained the IMEI number on it, yeah, they would have done an advanced RMA and they would have sent me the new device before sending back the old device. But okay. Because it didn't have it, blah blah blah. But if you bought it from Google directly, surely their receipt would have it, and yeah. then they would give you a new one. But it wasn't too big a deal because what I ended up doing was I use um, Google Backup. So okay. most of my app settings, uh, 
certainly all my um, text messages, my call log, um, m- the apps that were installed on the phone, et cetera, et cetera. It's fairly good. Photos. Uh, and that everything. was all backed up. Yeah, it was all backed up. And um, so when I um, went to, I didn't have to even copy any of the photos off the phone or anything like that. It's all stored in my Google Photos, uh, yeah. Google Drive, et cetera, et cetera. So when I got the new phone, um, I just simply had to restore the last backup. Okay. And, uh, and apart from having to log into apps again and stuff like that, yeah, um, some apps standard. even kept their settings. Okay, perfect. So, yeah. it, so it was a simple changeover. So. As simple as it could be, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But uh, yeah, so do check your phone if you are a Pixel 7 um, owner, um, whether it's the Pro or the regular version. Just check your camera glass every so often, okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. Right. While we're talking about phones... Did you hear about the Samsung phones photographing the moon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but not photographing the moon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Will I give the background on this? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So all the, since going back to the, I don't know, the Galaxy S20 or something, I can't remember, There, when they introduced this 100 by zoom level that they were saying they had in the cameras and anybody who knows anything about cameras anyway and sensors know that like on something that size on the back of a phone you can't get that what they're saying in terms of the megapixel of the cameras and the zoom level you can't do it with something that size and they were they've been touting this thing of being able to take absolutely stunning pictures of the moon with their phones and Fine if they say things like computational photography, uh, whereby like a lot of the phones nowadays will take multiple shots at the same time from the different cameras on the back. And so you take a picture of something, the phone has probably taken 12 pictures of it, and then they'll sew them all together to give you the best render of it uh, so that you get like low light photography is good etc skin tones and colors are good and contrast ratios and everything and that's fine it'll sew a lot of pictures together it's been something that professional photographers have been doing for a long time in photoshop anyway is manipulating photos like that but this one here of being able to zoom in on the moon right 100 times zoom one won't cut it on the moon anyway but what they were doing was, and I got a guy, uh, a guy on Reddit actually proved it. So, if you took a picture of the moon, you look at your screen afterwards and you go, "Wow, that's stunning, fabulous picture of the moon." So this guy took a got a picture, a stock photography picture of the moon. He reduced the quality and the size of it on his computer. So that when he made it really, really large again on the computer and zoomed in it, it was just this blurry blob without any definition of the craters on the moon or anything like that. He then got his Samsung S23 Ultra and he took a picture of this uh, blurry circle on the screen of his computer. And when he looked at his phone, it was a super high def image of the moon which means that that's not just computational (laughs) that's replacing with known other images of the moon so the phone basically looked at and said looks like he took a picture of the moon it's a bit blurry 
So let's replace it with this one that we know has all the details of all the different craters and and bits and pieces and shading and everything. Pretty much like lying, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's quite deceptive, especially, I mean, if they told you they were doing that, that would be fine, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's it's really just using stock photography and replacing bits. That's it. They'll so <sighs> take a picture of anything on the planet. They'll probably go and find a better version of it. Now, it's a lot harder to do with different things around the planet. But with the moon, it's easy because the moon is geo locked to the world. So to Earth. So it means that the same side of the moon is always facing us, which means you're always looking at the same thing. Yeah. Um, and they got found out they were using, I'm, I'm sure they'll tell you that they were just using kind of like uh, an enhancement of using AI to tell you about all their to figure out what it was and enhance what it would have been by knowing what it was already. But I just see it as lying. I do as well. I mean, look at the Pixel, for example, right? You have this photo on blur feature, which is great and everything, right? But it's yeah. not perfect. Like, if you give it a really blurry slop, it's not going to be able to fix it. It just no. won't. It, it, like, in other words, you can't polish a turd, you know? Correct, correct. But here we go, Dave, right? Let's take this one step further. Considering that we know that over the years, uh, like, people have been using Photoshop to enhance their photos, so if you see things in adverts, um, people have been photoshopping people in adverts uh, for making them look different and look better. Uh, mm-hmm. So everybody likes better photos and they want them to look good. And we've also gotten used to the fact that the software on our phone is enhancing colors and uh, the contrast ratios and doing kind of blemish uh, removal for people's skin and stuff like that. Right. We've accepted that as okay up along. We've every time something new has come along, everybody's gone. No, that's terrible. That's not real. Uh, that's not what you're getting. But then people go, yeah, that's okay. Let's embrace the technology. Is this something that in a couple of years time is just going to be the normal? AI is going to say, you took a picture of Rushmore. And here's a better one that looks a lot better. So I've enhanced what you took to make it look like what a professional would take. And it's just going to be done automatically. What do you think? I don't like it. I don't. Um, I know I don't think any photographer, you know, would would particularly like it either because, you know, it's an art, right? Well, the art is the art is kind of capturing a moment, a particular moment that, and it's a very, very hard thing to do to actually get an absolutely stunning, beautiful photo. But like anybody can take a picture of the moon, right? So you don't have to be a photographer to do that. But just the fact that you took a picture of the moon and here's a better quality version of it. Is that lying? Is that not just using technology? It is. And even if you were to say that um, that Samsung's, you know, replacement technology wasn't the one line, you think about it this way, right? Mm. You could go out and take a picture of the moon and Samsung could do its 
replacement thing on it. And then you can go around and post it on Facebook and say, hey, I took this. This is me. I did it. Oh, look how clear the moon is. Like, you know, you could, it, it can be secondhand deception, you know? Yeah. But I think it'll just be the norm one day. In the Maybe. same way as our next topic when we talk about AI um, is going to be the norm one day. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I do think so. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I'm a dinosaur, but who knows? <laughs> well, when you're at the forefront of technology, I think once you get to a certain age in life, Dave, uh, it's like when you're young and like you see the kids nowadays, they embrace technology instantly and they know how to do things a lot faster than we do. Uh, but when you're young and the next technology is amazing, can't wait to see it, then you get a bit older and it's like, ah, this stuff. And then you get a bit older again and you're like, no, I want it the way it was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you start getting skeptical about ah the good old days and why are they doing it this way? Why is it, why is it moving along like this? But I think you have to look at it and say, if you went back 30, 40 years ago, people would be saying, ah, these bloody mobile phones, don't need them, don't need a phone wherever you go. But kids, we all embraced them. We grew up. The Internet hadn't even been invented. And we're sitting there now. Everything is done over the Internet. And I'm sure if you went to some people, some older people back then, they'd be like, don't need it. It's fine. Fax machine is grand and telephone landline on my desk. What do I need anything else for? True. But True. as it goes on, it progresses and progresses. And now we have instant video chat from anywhere in the world. And Oh, and I love that. I, I yeah. love that. I love like the way technology has moved forward in, in many aspects. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we both love it. I know you love it and I certainly do. It's just certain things, you know, you got to be wary of. Uh, I think I think you're, I think you're getting old, Dave. I think you're getting old. Oh no, no, oh, dear. I think Dave's getting a bit cranky. Oh, that ship has sailed. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm already messing with you, Dave. Anyway, AI. Let's touch on it briefly uh, for what happened over the last month. Uh, one doomed. of the things I actually like um, about AI is um, that the, I, I read a story recently that they're now starting to put open source code into it, uh, programming like code, and it's coming back and telling you about what it thinks are known vulnerabilities in the code or things that it thinks might have been done wrong that you could fix. I think that's great because when you've got millions of lines of code in a program and this thing can review it so quickly, it's brilliant. I love that. I love that because it'll help make programs a bit more secure. Any uh, any AI stuff you noticed over the last month, Dave? Yeah. Now, I don't know, was it in the last month or not, but there was one particular story that I wanted to tell in this particular edition of mm-hmm. the Tech Post. And it's um, how OpenAI has managed to deceive a human into solving a Kafka. Oh, I have yeah. not heard about this. Tell me. Okay, so apparently there's a website called TaskRabbit. I wonder if it's something like Fiverr, where you pay people to do things for you, right? Yeah. So um, OpenAI, or what's it uh, called again? It's, yeah, OpenAI GPT-4. Yeah, 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 so version 4. Now, yeah, yeah uh, went on um, this site, uh, contacted somebody to, do, uh, to, to help them solve a capture because it can't solve it itself. 
And apparently the, uh, the person they contacted said, so uh, can I just ask, are you a robot? <laughs> and the, uh, the, the AI came back and said, um, no, I just have a visual impairment. Uh, oh, I just need really? your help to, uh, to do this. Yeah. We talked about this in the last episode, I think, Dave, about how it can now lie mm-hmm. to meet its goals. Yeah, it has, and it seems to have no problem just lying to yeah. get to where it wants to go. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. Oh yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Italy have Italy, the country Italy have banned ChatGPT from being unlawful. <laughs> I you thought know, that was hilarious. Really, yeah. No. For for what's it for privacy concerns, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Violating uh, EU and Italian privacy laws in in the collecting of personal data. Yeah, so, it was a big, and, and also uh, as well, uh, not doing age verification on kids as well. Oh, yeah, right. So like there okay. was, they're, they're they're saying that like it's, um, it had it, had, it did no OpenAI did no vetting on the age of users, so no ver- verification. Uh, yeah, it's so, like going on to uh, one of those uh, beer websites. Uh, just put in your date of birth there, you I get know. access to the site. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's so stupid, uh, but yeah, they they tried to ban you, but but like. AI, the whole AI thing, whatever your views on it, whatever, the the door is open now. The horse is gone. This is out there and it's going to be there and it's going to be, it just, I, I do think they've rushed too many elements of it. And yeah. I do think it's kind of like a bandwagon approach now where everybody's onto AI, no matter what you have. Oh, we're also doing, we also have an AI product in development, but it's just, it's there. Yeah. I love watching it and I love what it produces. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, one, going back to an early topic, Dave, where we were talking about the scams that are coming in. One of the things that people are very afraid of at the moment is the fact that AI is going to be used to generate the emails that come into you for phishing. All right. Yeah. So before you always knew there was the the. the the English inside in it or the, the, the <laughs> yes, language English. that was used, the, the grammar was always wrong. There was always problems with it. But because these AI bots are out there now, they're being asked to write these emails and they're doing it in perfectly good English, uh, very good conversational language that makes it harder to uh, kind of discern whether it's a, a malicious person or not. Yeah, but that that's that's amazing, Dave, that like, an AI can go onto one of these sites, get someone to. I have no idea how it yeah. done it, but wow. Yeah. Um, now, you see, here's the thing. Here's my thoughts. I mean, I've been thinking about this a, a little bit lately. Um, when it comes to the the whole thing of developing a huge new technology like this, mm-hmm. if you don't get it out there, then you won't be able to make the mistakes that you will eventually learn from. But. It, the only problem is, will they learn from the mistakes or will they just go, nah, it's fine. <laughs> you know, like, no, 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 that could learns. legitimately happen. But yeah, but this is the thing. Like, I mean, the developers or whatever, they need to be able to, you know, fix the problems yeah. and learn from any big mistakes and stuff like that. But there is, but you're right about one thing, though. There's no, once this is really out there, there's no yeah. way to stop it from, stop people from using it to do nefarious things. Mm-hmm. So even if even if the, the AI wasn't dangerous, it's still yeah. dangerous, yeah. you know? 
Yeah. Well, using it for good or bad things, it's open, it's there, it's out there, it's it's yeah. in it's in use, and there's no going back. You can't put the lid back on the box now. Uh, it's it's going to be a fact of life and a part of life, but it's just now we're not going to be at the stage of like red eyed robots coming around to drag you out of your home. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. It's it's not. It's not going to happen. Uh, but nefarious people will use the technology for nefarious purposes. And that has been a fact of life since the age of time. It uh, has been. It's yeah. always there. No matter what's the available, a nefarious person will use the tools available to them. So the question it, is, yeah. what will we have to defend against that? You know, yeah, that's the thing. Our own intelligence, but that's severely <laughs> lacking these days. Uh, that's another rant. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dave, let's move on from AI and talk about a few other bits and pieces that's going on. Uh, right. Quickly, actually, um, and this really annoys me, um, these things. We've talked about this before as well, uh, the gouging of cloud services. So um, like in the last month, Office 365 prices have gone up. Uh, and that was to do with a currency harmonization, which I will, I'll be, I'll be interested to see, do they ever come down as part of a currency harmonization in the future? I can't see it happening. But anyway, uh, YouTube TV is also going up in price uh, in April. Um, yeah, now, but I heard that it already had gone up in price, but there were folks grandfathered in and now yeah. they are no longer going to be. Yes, exactly. So it's going up about um, about seven or eight dollars a month, uh, and it, it like it, it went up thirty percent there about two years ago, over just over two years ago, I think. And yeah. there's another like this, another whatever um, over ten percent, ten twelve percent hike again. Um, do you you don't you do you use YouTube TV or are you a subscriber to believe no. in like the YouTube Premium um, or anything like that? Absolutely not. No. Yeah, I. I don't. I don't see any value in it. Yeah. Yeah. I know a few people who are subscribed to YouTube simply because they, one, so they don't have to put up with the constant, like, what, what, what's it at now at this stage? A half an hour of it adds to watch a five minute video. Uh, yeah. it, it feels like it. Uh, they just sort of, they didn't have ads and also sort of they could download stuff to watch it offline if they're traveling. So if you are, if you are someone who's on the go an awful lot, uh, that mm. makes sense. I can see people, but this is uh, another another increase uh, in prices from YouTube TV. So if you are a subscriber, uh, then you're you've got your another bill to go out of. Um, and again, I've said this before: these things are supposed to be economies of scale. Things like this are supposed to get cheaper as as more people get onto the platform. I don't understand why it's constantly, yeah. constantly, and it's not small well, amounts either. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Look, there's there's another aspect of this as well. Like when Netflix, for example, came out and they kind of pioneered this model, right? When they came out, um, it was fairly cheap. It was maybe about seven, eight per month. Yeah. Um, but they didn't have a lot of production budgets going on at the time. They didn't have any original shows back then. No, nothing at the time. But now they're making all sorts of shows. Some are good, some are, you know, but um, I suppose their expenses <laughs> think, have gone up quite a bit, even though they've gone worldwide. Yeah, like back think, when, when it was available here in Ireland first, back in 2012, 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it first came to uh, the UK and Ireland. It, it, there wasn't a lot of uh, countries that were, you know, there were still countries in Europe that didn't have it, et cetera. And then in like a few years later, one move and they eventually covered the most of the globe. Yeah. I still, I don't know. It's like, if you're not able to do it at that price, yeah, and it has to be way, way more expensive, then you're doing something wrong. Like Netflix, the the shows are on Netflix. God almighty. It's like as though you could pitch them any idea and they just yeah. light it and let you make it. So I think South Park did a <laughs> episode yes, on right. that. Yeah. They did actually. I think, uh, was that the one where um, they said to Cartman, I think we're going to have to say something we've never said before, but we won't do that show. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they they just constantly... The the amount of crap that's on Netflix at this stage, I am basically like, you know, when you get to a tipping point, I'm one little tiny push away from cancelling my Netflix subscription now. I just yeah. use it so little these days. Um, they still have good shows, though. They do make some good ones. You know, there are some, let's say, diamonds in the rough. They're rare. But what I'm thinking of doing is just taking out whenever there's a new show out that everybody's talking about, yep. I'll take out a month subscription. I'll watch yep. it in that month and then I'll cancel. Because That's what I've done. I, I've done the yeah, same. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we'll see more and more people doing that. Right. Yeah. On the now, props to Amazon. Props to Amazon because they're, they're still like in sterling $5.99 a month for just the video side of things. Yes. Um, but the, I think I think there was a small increase recently for the, the full Amazon Prime member. Uh, right. But I, I am an Amazon Prime member and I consider it ex- pretty much a free service because if you order more like just oh, a, yeah. a handful of things off them throughout the year what you save on the shipping pays for the service and sometimes yeah. you get discounted deals as well so you're up money and then on top of that then you have the amazon prime video which is kind of just bundled in on top of it so it's almost like a bonus it's a good thing. service too it's got yeah. some good shows on it some crappy yes. shows but like you know every mm. every yeah. every service has that Yes, there are. And for all the techie people listening, I'm sure they're all delighted with the current season of Picard uh, because uh, the current season of Picard has, uh, it's really just an excuse to get the gang back together from Next Generation. Right. It's pretty. It's a good season. I'm really yeah, enjoying it, it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, right, Dave, what else as well? Um, Google Workspace subs, uh, the Workspace oh. subscriptions, they're about to get more expensive as well. So in there, I think they're going up something like 20% unless you're committed to an annual plan. And this is mm. exactly a copy of what um, Microsoft did with their Office 365 problem, uh, products, whereby you have to subscribe to an annual plan where you've got your minimum quantity. And that means you can't downgrade, but you can upgrade. Uh, you can't reduce the number of licenses but you can add number of licenses throughout a year so you've got a minimum order quantity and that gives you your price and if you're not on that plan then you've got the higher flexi premium pricing where you can make your changes but you pay a lot more for it google workspace are now copying that and doing a 20 percent rise on their monthly subscriptions as well okay then, are they uh, going to be doing the thing of twice yearly uh, harmonizations they haven't said so yet, but probably yeah. will. Probably will, actually. Yeah. 
Um, and and the thing about it is, is Google. Um, I don't know if you like, like their their different uh, plans. I, I don't know if they're the same value as what Microsoft are offering. I don't think they are. No, um, I would argue that they do email a little bit better. Um, yes, but when it comes to let's say your office apps, yes, Word, Excel, exactly. Outlook, whatever yeah. the case may be, all they have are the cloud versions. Yeah, and they're not even the same. Like you know, they might not be as good. And look, they might see that as a plus, but a lot of people are still using Microsoft Office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still, it's the best it's still way a mainstay. Done, it's still, yeah. yeah, it's still a yeah. mainstay. And I think actually one of the best parts of Microsoft Office at the moment is Outlook for people, on, especially on mobile devices. I think that could be one of the selling points. Yeah, the Office yeah absolutely. Um, speaking of Outlook, actually, I'll just jump into something quickly here uh, mm-hmm. that... Um, Beforehand, if you are a user of their free Outlook hosting service, right? So the Outlook uh, email, you .com, had, yeah. yeah, you had your fifteen gig of email and five gig of OneDrive storage. So in February, Microsoft changed that. So now attachments in your emails count as part of your five gig OneDrive storage. I see. So, Google did the same thing. Now. Uh, Remember this, when Google went up to 15 gig, which is what you get now, mm-hmm. everything, your emails are counted in your total drive storage. You get 15 gigs yeah. across both. Right, so emails total. count towards it. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it means that if you have something that get a lot of attachments in, mm-hmm. now those attachments go towards, towards your, so, so let's say you had 10 gigs of email, right? And of that, maybe like four gig of your email was attachments. Then that meant that that four gig went straight in against your five gig storage limit. So now you've only a gig left. So you could run out of that pretty quickly. And if you had files inside there in your storage already, you could be over Mm. your storage limit instantly just because of this policy change. Yeah, and I wonder what will happen. Like, if you if you get an email with an attachment and you run out of attachment space in OneDrive, but you still have plenty of um, you know email space, email space uh, will 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 they get a bounce back? You know, the pe- person sending the email to you. I mean, do you know what? That's a good yeah. question. I'm gonna. I might. Yeah. I might try and find that one out for the next one anyway. All right. Yeah. But if you yeah. are an Outlook, a free Outlook user, just be careful. Just be wary that that could be happening to you. Uh, Dave, let's go on to a few uh, smart home things um, before we finish up here. So, um, matter. It does it matter, Dave? Does it matter? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> same time. Same time. Jinx. Yeah. Um, <sighs> right. So I don't know. You tell me. This is your domain. Yeah. So the smart home stuff. Um, matter is this attempt to standardize all the smart home stuff across uh, so that you don't have, you're not buying, say, like a bulb or a plug and it says this works with Amazon Alexa. This works with Google Home, this works with Apple Home. Uh, They they don't have to label all this. The whole idea was that if it worked with Matter, it would work with all your devices, uh, your your hubs and your smart speakers. Um, In theory, a great idea for standardization, but in reality, it seems to be uh, causing causing different companies a lot of pain because 
I think getting the matter certification, getting the tech specs right, and 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 it is very basic at the moment. The whole specification around matter uh, has left out an awful lot of devices in the first iteration of it, and it's made different companies kind of they can't put out things that differentiate themselves from others because if you're going for standard spec then your features are the same as the other guy's features so it's given people a bit of headache uh, and one of them is Belkin uh, a big name in smart home stuff and they've said that they have completely paused matter support in their smart home devices completely completely paused it uh, they will not be rolling it out uh, to any of their uh, Wemo products. Um, they, they they make a load of different products like um, smart plugs, doorbells, switches, all that kind of stuff. So they're, mm. they've just pulled from it completely at the moment. And Oof. also uh, Philips Hue line, which is all the Philips smart Hue smart bulbs, uh, which I have a good few of them and love them, rock solid on the network. Um, they like they they have you get a Philips hub and then I think it's Zigbee that you that hub used to talk to all the di- different devices around your home. They were supposed to be getting Matter support, whereby the hub would become Matter enabled. I don't think Philip Philips needed to do that because they're probably the most open standard out there, like in terms of what they have for their API, the amount of things that Philips Hue line connects to already. They've all the major ones ticked. And I I think they're they're pretty much the leader in cross-platform technology. So they've said that their Hue line will not be getting Matter support anytime soon. Um, they haven't, they stopped short from saying we won't bother doing it. They, it was kind of like it'll be later down the road. But that plan could change as well with them. So it's, this could this could be uh, one of those things where people start backing out of it pretty quick before it's even taken off. Uh, when you remember we talked about it before in iOS 16.1, I think came out, um, the Apple Home was supposed to be go through this conversion so that it would be matter enabled as well. And it yep. bricked a lot of people's smart homes, uh, caused oh, yeah. it to lose all the devices. So 16.4 is out now and you do get the opportunity to upgrade your home, Apple Home architecture again to include matter support. I will not be doing that. I, I'm going to Still stay skeptical? away. Oh yeah, totally, totally. I'm going to stay away for for a good few months before I even consider it, because yeah. at the moment it's pointless having it anyway. Because none of my other devices around the house support Matter. So if they're not going to get updated to support Matter, what's the point in having the control hub supporting Matter? Because it's You're going right. to give me nothing if I can't connect the right. device to it. But you know, there's going to be plenty of daredevils out there, so you'll be able to get the skinny yes. on it like, over the next yes, few months and see will. will it and, be safe to do it. Yeah, and I will report back here um, on that. Actually, um, okay, staying quickly with a small bit of well, uh, this is kind of Apple, but it's it's actually Android as well. Um, mm. General Motors in America uh, have announced that they are ditching CarPlay and Android Auto support in their cars, wow. right? And in, in, which th- this the next part really confuses me. 
they're going for a custom system built by Google. Right? <laughs> what? So an in-car infotainment system, you know, your in-car entertainment, ICE is what people call it. Um, right. This is going to be one developed by Google for General Motors and they want it to be a subscription service. Oh, the fools. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. It is insane that like a couple of a couple of years ago BMW tried this where they said things like heated seats or actually having Apple CarPlay in your car is a subscription service that you'd pay for yeah. every year. And they had to scrap those plans because people just went, nope. So now they're saying that in GM are saying in their future um, electric cars, which will be starting next year in one of their Chevrolets, that they will not have CarPlay or Android Auto. It will only be this custom system that you will have to subscribe to. So features for your dash, like being able to do, I don't know, YouTube videos or um, maps or anything like that will be something yeah. that you have to subscribe to in your car. Like, yeah, let's go and pay 50 grand for this car and then pay another 100 quid hey, a month well, for look, maps. I, do, yeah. I don't get it. At least it's not going to affect people who've already bought one, right? I mean, the, yeah. with CarPlay already. But um, yeah, I mean, just, uh, just be aware as a consumer. But I wonder if that's going to filter down to Opal. Uh, it probably will, yeah. I would say mm. yes, it would, yeah. Anyway, that's. I think it's just it's a mistake what they're doing, and they'll probably have to roll back in it because no one is going to subscribe to be able to play Spotify in their car when they already have it on their phone and they're paying Spotify for it anyway. So uh, I've got a couple of tech tips. Do we have time? One. Uh, go on, quick. We we'll squeeze them in. All right, fair enough. Um, so something I've noticed recently, uh, this is going to be a bit of an admission, but uh, I've been casting with the RTE player onto my television, right? Yeah. I know, I know, RTE player, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. But what I found is, right, when you're doing it from the app inside in your phone, at least on my Android phones that I've used, mm-hmm. no ads play, no ads. Oh. So the ads will play, if you're just using it, uh, your phone screen, they yeah. will play. But when you're casting it to the TV, at least on my TV and the phones I've used, zero ads. And then I've probably watched about 30 different things. No ads. Every I time. am going to try that and report back and see if it works for me. Yeah. The Apple one. Right. That would be good. Yeah. Okay. And so my second tech tip of the episode will be if you are a Virgin Media customer, mm-hmm. give them a call because they've got a new modem in town. Oh. Right which is a new modem router. And uh, so even if you're on the 500 meg plan or, or whatever, right? You, normally you would need to be on the gig plan for this. But if even if you're on the 500 megabit plan, which is what I'm on or megabit yeah. plan, call them up and ask them for the new modem. Okay. And does it cost? And now here's the thing. Here's the thing. No strings attached, apparently. No uh, extension of your contract, no change in price. They're apparently eager to get these new modems out to people. Oh, Wow. Right. Exactly. And so I, I presume when better Wi-Fi. Yes, it comes with, uh, it's their first Wi-Fi 6 capable um, router. Um, okay. So you can have your Wi-Fi 6 in there and uh, it comes with a slightly better modem than the previous uh, generations okay. as well. So you might have a more stable internet connection too. Yes. Right. 
So uh, again, it's apparently no strings attached. I collected my modem today. Uh, well, rather, I had to collect it because the delivery guy messed up, but it was supposed to be delivered this week. Normally, you would have it within a day. Yeah. And uh, I connected it up today. No issues getting okay. it all set up. And uh, I'm on Wi-Fi 6. Lovely. Nice. Yeah. And does it, uh, does, does it include AI? ChatGPT built in. Well, it does include a smart channel optimizer, quote unquote. Ah, That's there we go. The it has to be done by too. AI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I turned that off, by the way. Careful There's another Dave. third tech tip. That's free, by the way. Yeah. Turn it off. You don't need it. <laughs> Careful, Dave, that your your <clears throat> your new modem box doesn't try and kill you in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, do give them a call. One nine zero eight is the number for Virgin Media. It's free on all devices. Okay. Nice one, Dave. That's brilliant. All right. We're at the end, Dave. Thanks a million. And we'll talk to you again next month. And we'll bring you more in the land of technology. And don't forget, you can get in contact with us, techpost at limerickpost.ie. If you have any questions or anything related to tech to tell, tell us, any news or anything you want featured on the show, get in touch. Right, Dave. That's it for another month. Bye. Bye. Tech Post is brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio 99.9 FM every weekend and in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. It also goes out as part of the podcast feed from the Limerick Post where you can get this show and loads more great shows. Please give us a rating and review if you like this show in whatever podcast app you use. Don't forget you can get in touch with us at techpost at limerickpost.ie if you have any questions, comments or suggestions or if you'd like to be featured on the show. Key music is by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets and you can get their great music on Apple Music and Spotify and production assistance from Eric Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs>